Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Grim and Bloody Podcast. This show is a presentation of horror, thriller, and suspense, and is intended for mature audience. Join us at your own risk. Well, welcome to another episode of the Grim and Bloody podcast. Uh, we are coming to you on this Thursday, July 20th. And for any of you geek heads out there, you probably know that today is the first real day of San Diego Comic-Con, which I spent half the evening drooling over the uh, program schedule in the merch store, which I will pick up a few pins because, damn it, I wish I was there. I wish I was there recording this show. From my hotel in San Diego, come on. That's that's what I want, guys. <laughs> yeah, this was the one year you could have rented Hall H out. We could have done it there. Right? We could have literally had this panel probably in Hall H or room 6-1, and it would have been perfect. <laughs> but without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce our guest up tonight, Paul Ragsdale, writer and director of Murder Size, which, if you're in the Bay Area, was locally farmed in Modesto, right? Uh, had its premiering July 8th uh, with attendance from the cast and uh, you're going to be having a, uh, another premiere uh, this October uh, it's Thursday in which looks like uh, hopefully the Grim and Blade podcast is going to be there streaming live um, this will be at the State Theater Modesto and um, I think it's going to be awesome I, I love the, the town of Modesto uh, it's a really cool town I have a few friends that still live there and um, you know, honestly, I can't wait to see this on a big screen because uh, we had a chance to uh, view a private screening of Murder Size, and uh, it definitely did harken back uh, to the '80s in a few different ways, which we'll talk about here. Oh, um, awesome. I'll go. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, awesome. It's saying great. great. Oh yeah, and thank you for uh, for giving us a screening, giving us time to uh, watch because it was enjoyable. Uh, let me go ahead and introduce my cohorts for tonight: Kevin uh, Nicholson. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing fine. Looking forward to talking about aerobics and murder and how uh, how they go hand in hand. Because I think there's some fitness people out there that are kind of angry. <laughs> <laughs> Al Omega, host of the Creature Feature Show. How you doing now? I'm holding up. You know, if, the, uh, if the leaders of the aerobic... Uh, exercise program isn't angry it's all those chubby moms in the back to my you little witch i'm gonna kill your guts there is hardly a chubby mom in this in this uh this film to be had and in fact um i don't recall ever seeing this level of uh gorgeous in, in planet fitness or uh, uh everyday fitness and like you know what i'm not i'm not i'm not familiar with it. I, I can't i don't see it <laughs> maybe it's because i wasn't a gym rat in the 80s uh and last but not least joe flynn award winner how you doing joe i'm doing great it's a beautiful night in my neighborhood that's because you're in wow. the bay area and it's probably in the 70s <laughs> yes um i'll go ahead and kick it off um once again thank you paul for uh you know, connecting with us uh giving us a screen of murder size uh, because we just enjoy uh, all 80s horror. We enjoy uh, 80s inspired horror. Uh, we talk, love talking about retro films. Uh, this film definitely uh, fit all of those. 
Um, I, I thought the camaraderie between the cast, we don't give away any spoilers because we want you to go see this at the State Theater in Modesto if you're local. And uh, also eventually, hopefully, uh, a wider release. But we'll we'll talk about what we enjoyed, you know, in a meta form. Um, I, I think you, you nailed the atmosphere. Uh, you nailed the uh, the cast and the crew. Um, it definitely had like, like that campy, cheesy feel, uh, but in a good way. This was a fun movie. This was a movie that uh, uh, you wanted just to sit back, you know, pound a few beers and uh, just in, enjoy it for what it is. Um, but uh, tell me, um, I don't want to say what was your inspiration because I hate that question. Uh, <laughs> my guys know I hate that question. But um, like, where was the origination from? Like, you, when you decided to put together a project like this, uh, where did it start from? Yeah, so, um, well, I want to say that I have here uh, my wife and biz film partner, Angelica Diablo. Welcome. You as well. Um, she's responsible for a lot of the costumes and the look of the movie itself. Uh, for Murder Size, I mean, it's, it's funny because um, we have a couple of other films out there. Um, there's one called Streets of Vengeance and another one called Slash Live Party. Uh, for Streets of Vengeance, we have a wraparound. It's like a fake all night long movie um show kind of like usa up all night with ron Desheer. we call all night long with stacy monroe and in that um we would debut like fake trailers and oftentimes they would become real movies that's what happened with slash red party so with murder size i had written an episode of all night long and uh in the script the the main character the host is actually doing a movie uh, in character for like the first time and she mentions a movie called Murder Size, and that's where I wrote it. And I just wrote it because I thought, oh, that sounds funny, like an aerobics horror movie. Because I'm a big fan of Killer Workout and Death Spa. And um, really, those are really the only two, like the two big ones, the two big ones of the horror workout sub-genre, sub-sub-genre. And I thought, oh, that'd be kind of funny if there was like another one being made. And Murder Size just sounds, you know, pretty funny title. So the title came first, and then... It came when the pandemic happened, had a lot of downtime, and I wanted to write some scripts. I uh, ended up writing or finishing three scripts and at the end of uh, 2021. And Murder Size, I was like, well, let me just try this. Let me just see if I can put together a story, um, taking inspiration from like Sleepaway Camp 2, uh, again, Killer Workout as well, Linnea Quigley's Horror Workout. Okay. Uh, I just started to craft a story together and create this character of Phoebe and like, like I saw her kind of like as an Angela from Sleepaway Camp too, but I wanted to make her a little, a little more likable. Um, and then created like the the girls, the bullies, Candy, you know, Gino, the the sleazy producer. Um, there's a video called Aerobicize. There's an actual workout video from the 80s by Ron Harris. It was more like a softcore porn type of thing where you just watch it because of the because of the girls just to watch them work out. Um, in Friday the 13th Part 4, uh, there's a scene where a paramedic is watching it right before he gets his head cut off with a, with a hacksaw by Jason. And uh, I remember seeing that as a kid being like, oh, what the hell is that 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 guy's watching? It's always stuck with me. And then later on, I discovered, oh, it's called Aerobicize. And it's like a whole series of just basically, you know, scantily clad women bending over and squatting and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, that'd be kind of funny, if, you know, to have a movie where they're making a video like that, like a sleazy, exploitative, quote unquote, workout video. And then um, blending that with like serial killer kind of culture in, in, in LA in the late eighties. And just put all that together. And basically that's how we got Murder Size. Awesome. See, I do have to, have to ask, how did you 
because I thought one of the most fun parts of the film was Ginger Lynn as mm. Dominica. Yeah. Uh, Dominica Stromboli, <laughs> uh, which is just the name is funny in itself. But uh, how, how did uh, how did she become connected with uh, with the film? That's a pretty big star. That yeah. You're getting. Yeah, yeah. Ginger has been our friend for a while. We um, when did we make uh, Streets of Vengeance? Twenty sixteen. So twenty sixteen, we made a movie called Streets of Vengeance. It's like a a girl gang revenge movie, kind of inspired by Savage Streets. And um, we had reached out to her back in twenty sixteen to play a, a, like a small role, like a cameo. And uh, we had flown her out uh, to San Francisco, booked a hotel, met with her, had dinner. Really liked her. She really you know, really got along well. She told us all these great stories of, you know, her days in the adult film industry in the 80s and Charlie Sheen and Sean Penn mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like, great stories, great stories. So we were, became fast friends. And then we did um Slash Art Party after that. And we brought her back. Um, she had a bigger role. She was like the main villain. Um, and then since then, we've just been, you know, really good friends. We stayed over at her house and she knitted us a blanket. <laughs> you know, she's like just become a really close, close friend of ours. And so anything I write now, I kind of always have a role for her somewhere. And so this one was a a more sexy role um, that she hasn't played in a while because mostly she has been doing a lot of indie horror work, but it's been like a lot of uh, like uh, inbred hicks, uh, stuff like that, you know, crazy psycho killers, um, which she loves to play. So this one, I was like, oh, how about, you know, you want to try a, you know, a sexy mob boss's wife? And uh, yeah, she took right to the role and she was perfect yeah uh, i do paul i do have a question about the rest of the cast mm-hmm. who can you tell us a little bit about each cast member yeah uh i'll start with um the star uh phoebe uh kansas bowling uh she is a genius uh she is a film director in her own right uh she's an actress as well of course but um, mostly she's known for her film work. She was like the, the youngest film director ever. She had directed a feature film like at 17, uh, BC Butcher, uh, which was released by Troma Films. Um, and then she's also, um, if you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she plays one of the, the Manson family girls, her and her sister. Yeah. Uh, she's back there um, as, as a, a background player, but but features prominently. Like I remember seeing the trailer. I was like, oh, wow, I think that's Kansas. Um, so she's great. She's amazing. She's a talented filmmaker, actress, and we loved working with her. Um, Candy, Jessa Flux, uh, she's working really, really hard in the indie film world. Uh, I found her through a Donald Farmer uh, film that he had done. Um, I forget what it was called. Cannibal Hookers, I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I saw her and I was like, oh, you know, she's perfect. We, we have to get her. To, to play to play the uh the candy the the bully and then and you know uh, paul that uh drew marvick is terrific oh yes yes uh, and the, as truck yeah uh talk about him for uh uh for a bit because he's he's a real character <laughs> uh yeah. yeah yeah drew drew's the man uh we love drew this is our uh, second movie with him and uh you know we talk about like we're just putting him in every movie because uh we just love working together he's a, a, a he's a director he directed pool party massacre uh he's acted in like nearly every indie horror film that's come out in the last few years uh he is just a 
an amazing dude and like everyone loves him when you meet him when anybody that's like on our sets and you get to talk to drew like automatically like you're like best friends and in the movie well, at least when we watched it in the premiere anytime he was on screen that audience just erupted in laughter he gets like some of the biggest pops of the of the whole movie so yeah drew's drew's the man we'll put him in everything So, what kind of um, I, I don't I thought uh, was there in was there an appeal to have uh, um, Kansas playing this uh, this kind of she seems like such like the innocent child who's tired of being trampled on, mm -hmm. yeah, and pushed aside and 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 beat back and all this stuff and she decides to just fight back and uh, uh that's kind of what the lure is for this uh you know for this film uh can you talk about how the genesis of how that character was developed yeah uh you know i took a, a little bit of inspiration from uh angela from uh super superway camp uh superway camp 2 uh her mm -hmm. you know the main character you know being you know someone who's like you know disrespected and then she takes matters in her own hands, starts killing people. Um, for Kansas, I had a backstory, or a character, Phoebe, I had like a backstory where she was like, you know, a child of like a, a prostitute and stuff. And she witnessed her mom killing someone when she was young. We didn't get to shoot that stuff. Um, and, and it didn't make it into the movie. Um, but I felt like that was important for her back, her backstory, at least, at least for, for like Kansas, the actress, to, to understand um, about her character. But yeah, I, I always like the story of the of a, a person who's good, seemingly innocent, and then uh, given some power or, or some bad influence, and then uh, becoming you know somewhat evil uh, in the process, and then uh, having some way to redeem herself in the end. Can I ask you what brought the '80s look to this to you? I mean, the '80s were, without putting too fine a point on it, a little before your time. Oh, you know, I, I was born in 83, so, you know, I I grew up watching Friday the 13th uh, movies, Halloween, Freddy Krueger. Uh, my dad was really into heavy metal, um, so, you know, the 80s, I just grew up in. Um, oh, don't worry about it, Paul. Me and you are, we're babies on this show. Uh, <laughs> I was born in 80, and I, I'm still treated like the kid. Like, oh, yeah, and we're the old codgers. We're the old codgers. We're the old people. <laughs> I have underwear older than you, Anthony. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing with underwear that old. But I'm going to send you a $20 Walmart gift card. We'll take care of that. <laughs> don't make them like now that. I think I have underwear older than you. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Paul, I had a question. Um, talk to me about um, producing this. Um, tell me the location. I I'm thinking it was what, Modesto. Is that correct? Uh, it's in or Stockton. Stockton? Oh, oh. yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, you want to talk about it? Yeah, so um, our cinematographer, uh, Carlos Rodriguez, he, him and his girlfriend, Gabby, uh, they do like news, uh, news reporting. Uh, they, they shoot their own content, edit. And so they have a studio in Stockton. Um, when we we're looking for a location, you know, I, I told them, yeah, you know, I'm looking for some sort of like a studio, something that looks, you know, a little older, some sort of production studio. And he said, well, I, I have one. You can use, use mine. And then, uh, 
and I was like, well, do you want to be the cinematographer? <laughs> you know, and he's like, yeah, sure. He, he had never shot like a, a feature film uh, like this before. Like I said, he's mostly uh, doing news. So he provided uh, the main the main location, which was, you know, great for us. It's always nice when you get that little lead in there. Yeah. And somebody help out. Because so oftentimes when you're making a movie, having made a number of myself, you just need that one little thing, and the only way you're going to get it, if someone already has one, you just can't afford to go out, buy it, or rent it. Yes, yes. So that was a great, great advantage for us that he already owned his own studio. I was like, oh, awesome. We have access to it, access to it anytime we want. Um, so that really helped out when we had to shoot really, really late into the night or come back in the morning and, and do the, yeah, we just, yeah, it just worked out so well. It was perfect. I used to work with a uh, production crew that had this thing where they would rent a facility on Friday over the weekend until Monday morning. And we just shot in shifts, mm. the entire yeah. movie in three days. Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, it's nice if you've got it, uh, but gee, it's so hard to have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, our, our previous movie slash our party is a cabin in the woods horror movie and that was one where you know we had to shoot like in three days you know because we didn't have access to it you know all the time you know just like you know like the studio so that was like a, a an exercise in in trying to be efficient and having everybody there and so this one you know was sort of the same thing except everyone got to go home to their own home beds and then sleep at night at the cabin we had to everyone had to sleep there and we all stayed there for a few days and had yeah, our you didn't have to shoot 16 hour days right yeah had a little extra time on your hands. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, not 16, maybe 14. <laughs> so I, I have to ask you, uh, with this is kind of a topical question, with what is going on in Hollywood um, with the actor, the psych, uh, AFTRA, and uh, uh, the strike. Uh, I saw online uh, an independent filmmaker, and I'm, gosh, I'm trying to recall the name, to give, uh, uh, you know, to attribute the quote to, but saying that this was leaving an opening possibly for independent filmmakers mm -hmm. um, right now. Are you seeing, as an independent filmmaker, are you seeing anything uh, right now that kind of looks to be freeing for you um, with? this whole business involving uh you know the, the uh, involving the strike uh honestly i i think it's still too early to tell uh mm -hmm. for me i haven't noticed anything i mean the only thing i've been paying attention to is just the the business that murder size has been doing uh i've gotten a lot of feedback uh that people are um be are more aware of it um uh, more than, than than i know um so that has been surprising I don't know if it's just because people are sharing it on their own social media sites, which mm -hmm. I do see a lot of people sharing, uh, which is great. Uh, I know the Fangoria article really helped us a lot, uh, which the writer, um, Leticia Lopez, she's actually from Stockton too. So that was a, uh, right. that was great to, to meet her. Well, um, my thinking was when, I, when it's, you very rarely see independent films such as yours, get one actual mm -hmm. uh, screening, let alone two. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm just I, I'm just wondering if there's any kind of of tie-in where the movie theater is looking for business, and 
your film is getting it seems getting a bump in popularity because of uh you know with a second screening is this somehow tied into uh you know can we see some more of this in the months to come as long as the strike goes on yeah i mean i'm definitely curious to see uh what it looks like because uh, right now i mean yeah we did have the premiere and you know that was great that the theater did that because they had invited us you know they they hosted it and then um yeah they almost like just a week later they wanted to do uh, another one and not only that but they want to do or they did we are doing a double feature of our previous film streets of vengeance and slash our party on uh october uh, i think 26th um so yeah that has been you know pretty pretty surprising uh, i don't know if it has anything to do with the sag or if it's just you know mm. they disliked the the movies which um like i said i so remains to be seen i guess but um murder size right now it's up for rental a new village video uh an independent platform and um he uh the guy who owns it larry he said that it's been doing great so um i think maybe more people are getting i think the word indie is starting to come across the mainstream i think mark ruffalo was on twitter and he had said yeah. something about um you know i want to get back to indie films and sure. uh so I think uh, I mean he hasn't done one yet. It was only a few days ago. So sure. it's like yeah, I think I think this is the start of something big, possibly. I think. Well, and here I'll, I'll go on that line with Kevin was saying about independent films. I read that they're allowing certain independent films to film, so that hey, yo, I'm assuming as long as you don't have a SAG actor you can do your independent film and right. release it other than that hey no one is you know and it, it's terrible what's going on but i do want to add one more thing about the film i actually enjoyed the soundtrack to the film so i thought the music was great oh thank you thank you yeah we uh worked with uh, a few um artists that we had worked with before uh the the artist that did the majority of the of the soundtrack is named uh, the grind theory uh he's out of based out of new york um so he did like the saxophone music that's playing during ginger the little love scene and then the also like some of the music like for the weather workout scenes and then the um total wolf they're a band out of canada they did the murder size theme song basically the, the the heavy metal song that plays uh during the bloody climax at the end nice hey no no spoilers i i didn't say anything you're on <laughs> well it's got to end bloody you know, every every movie's got to end bloody so well let's let's you know certainly hope uh I, on the one hand, I really do hope that this uh, uh, that this strike action, you know, comes to a positive end for uh, uh, for uh, the writers and actors out there who are truly, you know, struggling. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, uh, I'll say that as long as it's on, if it if it does help indie filmmakers such as yourself, that's a that's a silver lining that just cannot be overlooked. Yeah, uh, yeah. As far as uh, uh, as far as that is uh, uh, is concerned, but I, I, my curious question: You didn't have an issue with uh, with with Ginger uh, Lynn? I was, um, or was she not SAG after? Uh, as far as SAG, I don't I don't know if she belongs to SAG or not. Does she? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know we talked about 
that she gets residuals and stuff from sure. like her previous films. Sure. Um, but I mean, this one, I mean, there was like, you know, we just did it as a, just an independent, independent contractor. It was no going through, uh, any kind of, uh, agency or anything sure. like that. Yeah. Cool. Now I have a question for you, Angelica. Um, I've always wondered, uh, uh, on this, is there, is there a benefit to being co-directors? I'll ask this to both of you. Is there a benefit to uh, to being co-directors um, because of a chemistry issue that you might, uh, or chemistry that you might have? You kind of know what the other person thinks. Or vis-a-vis, is there any problems or is there any uh, uh, difficulties with, uh, with co-directing at all? good question i think it really depends on the people who are directing together so i've heard of certain relationships that can be tumultuous if it be like two brothers directing or whatever really close friends that go way back partners yeah old Mm -hmm. partners Uh, but in our case we've known each other for over 20 years and uh we've been best friends this like pretty much since the day we met mm-hmm. yeah yeah we fell i fell in love with her back in film school that's where, that's <laughs> yeah, where we first so met so oh <laughs> that's adorable yeah so-, so we met in film school and hit it off right away um we have the same sense of humor we have the same background as far as like family where we grew up mm-hmm. the, the, the our interests um the type of music we like we have so much in common that I think it's shaped a lot of the stuff that inspires us. Mm-hmm. So the type of movies that we want to make, uh, we have a shared vision. So we've yet to have an argument ever when we're making a movie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to call that luck or what, but um, I think it also has to do with the fact that we prepare so much in advance that there is no leaving things up to chance when we get there. That's part of being independent we don't have the time to just like wing it so to speak so there's not really too much opportunity to you know figure things out on on set and let tensions run high and you know yeah. there's not too much opportunity for us to create a, a problem actually I guess uh, well that, i mean if there is a problem yeah well yeah that's we just them together yeah, yeah we, exactly we have but, been working together so long that we quickly know how to jump yeah. on it and and find a resolution really quickly. yeah like okay this guy can't come or this guy can't this person has to leave or whatever yeah. what are we gonna do and then we'll figure it out and then boom figure it out with the cinematographer and it's like all right so no one's standing around for forever right. we already just adapt to so it I so think- it's great I, I say my opinion is great to have a co-director or you there with me because you always pick up on things that i miss like attention to detail and stuff you know what's yeah. well, i was going to ask is that have you, you you've you've needed to tell me you've never had the moment where you go up to the other person's ear and say oh honey you did that wrong <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i welcome like if we're framing a shot and you know i ask angie okay you want to look at this frame and then she's like whoa what's that big old mess of wires right there in the corner and it's like oh shit i didn't even see that so thank god i have a second pair of eyes well third because the cinematographer didn't see it either so yeah that just happens you know it's like oh man thank you so much i think probably because we're such best friends and we're Mm. such a strong couple we've been together for so long we know our we know each other so well that it's easy to tell when 
like, okay, I think maybe I need to step in a little bit more because maybe like I'm running out of a little bit of energy or maybe he's running low mm-hmm. on energy. So we know when to step in for each other. We know when to, you know, cheer a little extra harder for each other and, and problem yeah, solve. For- and also just handling people too. Cause like everyone, you know, obviously everyone has questions on a film set. So if they can't get to me, they can ask Angie. If yep. they can't ask Angie, they can ask me, you know? So we're both there and we can answer questions, which, you know, that's like the main thing when you're directing. It's kind of like the Cone Brothers. I hear that that's how they kind of work. Like one will deal with the actors more and one deals with the camera more, but they're interchangeable if anyone, if any of the actors needs, you know, if they have need direction or they have questions. So that's what we kind of, we kind of do too. Yeah, we're pretty interchangeable, but Paul typically steps more towards the camera than I do. And that's just been for a lack of crew just because we're so independent mm-hmm. i just kind of let him take the lead on like being up next to the camera and i handle more with the actors and make sure that they're fed but- they know the schedule they know where their clothes is mm-hmm. they know what time to be where so that's for us the having each other as co-producer co-directors co-writer it's a it's a pro it's a benefit yeah. for us for definitely sure. yeah so i have a question before we wrap uh and it's for for both of you uh paul and angelica uh, and not to give any spoilers away, let, let's just say because you can tell by the trailer, there's there's going to be some booty shaking, some boob shaking in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby. Forewarned. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to allude to a, a scene involving you know, two of the main characters. It's an extended scene. It, <laughs> if either of you have seen Bowfinger, uh, this is where Steve yes. Martin tells... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Murphy. <laughs> this is the scene where it, it's hot and, it, and it's steamy, right? And she's gonna take her top off. I'm like, oh yeah, all right. Um, so tell me, how how was that dynamic? Let, let, let's say that it sounds like Paul's closer to the camera. And Angelica, how many takes was he actually allowed to make in this scene? Was it like you, you get one take and that's it? <laughs> it's like oh, you get one shot, and you screw it up, and we're gonna move on because we have a busy day. Or was it like, you know, let's, let's get it just right. You, you go ahead, honey. You 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 got this. We're together a long time. Oh, yeah. like as his like as his wife is is it weird? Is that like? Oh, I shoot in the scene. Oh, I'm just yeah. I'm just stirring the pot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, uh, but because you guys are a duo, a duo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's obviously a lot of trust, and and yeah. this would oh. be, let's say, for a lesser couple, this would right. probably be, you know, some of these parties would be a little bit awkward, right? For it would sure. be yes, like yes. Um, yes. you're looking at, you know, yeah. obviously these women are are, uh, are are all fit, you know, they're they're <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, made to be put in front Beautiful. of the camera. Um, but but talk to me if you want a little bit about mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We, there's an absolute trust factor. It don't matter what's in front of that screen because <laughs> we know this is all profession. Well, uh, this actually comes up a lot from a lot of people we know. Um, and what's funny is that uh, a lot of times people think it's Paul that's like writing these scenes and oh let's do another take, let's do another take. But if you're actually on set. It's usually me that's like, we need more. Oh, you're pushing like, it. <laughs> there needs to be more girls. There needs to be more excitement. There needs to mm-hmm. take take again, take two, take three. Let's go again. It's more me that's pushing it for the audience. Like these are the, the kind of movies that a certain audience of the 80s, this is just part of it. It's part, yeah. of, part of the aesthetic, the genre. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we have actually Luis who's in the movie. He plays the director, Mikey. He loves to tease me about how much I work with the girls nude. 
he, mm -hmm. he thinks it's hilarious how I'm always with him and he's like everyone thinks Paul is like this guy who likes boobs and butts but it's actually you are the <laughs> one that's back there like let's do another day let's do it again and Paul's yeah, like I, I get the bad rap I do the earnest thank you <laughs> Well, Paul, I have a way around that. Start doing a film with scenes with guys naked, you know, uh, and, yeah. and just, I'm going to work with them. <laughs> yeah, Honey, we talked I'm... about that. We talked about that with another filmmaker, Zane Hirschberger, yeah. uh, new dudes in the house. Yeah, I, think, I probably right? won't. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think, I think we'll try yeah. that one next I hate time. to be sexist, but I'll probably bounce on that i'll, I'll, I'll sit that i'll one. handle this you just say honey and you just say angie i'm gonna work with this with this group you yeah. can go take a break i'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be i'll see you around yeah. whenever we're done Thanks, you know 10 hour days you know <laughs> you gotta get this shot but but going back to the drew and jessa scene uh yeah. yeah that was just because those two we improv a lot of that because uh well we rehearsal improv we we did a rehearsal with them in their hotel room like the night before and they had the script in hand and they were just talking talking and they just started like adding more and more and more and i was like well this shit is just way too good like this scene was only supposed to be like maybe a minute long and now it's turned into like a four or five minute long scene so it was because they were so damn funny so i was like well i gotta keep it all you know it's just like all drew's improv lines about plump union checks so i was like <laughs> oh my god it is so crazy and jessa is just a she's a she's a comedic genius like yeah, she's like awesome. she's so damn funny so it was like these two are just on fire and like the other cast members could hear them like in the other room and they all wanted to see what was going on and they all want to see this crazy freaking scene and so i was like well it's got to be this way you know like it's just i don't it's know if so anyone's funny. ever done a scene like this before ever in movies <laughs> and uh i guess we'll be the first and then we showed it at the theater and I think people lost their minds. They just were not expecting, you know, that much, I guess, nudity, but also like comedy at the same time too. So it was like a weird mix. And like, she's like crying and he's crying. So yeah, it was just, uh, it was really- You usually don't see that level in today's movies. <laughs> right. I was, I was thinking, you know, like, uh, if this wasn't a retro movie, it would it would definitely, as you mentioned, fit under the like soft core points. Like, what are you really right. making here? This should be on strength thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the eighties, this was this was a thing, right? This oh, was sure. yeah. this was Friday the Thirteenth. This was yes. Carrie. I mean, Carrie, the Stephen King movie. Well, the first five minutes was a woman's shower. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first five or ten minutes, right? It was right. just it was it was a different time back and then. That, and that's a that's a world renowned professional director, Brian yeah. De Palma. You know, he wasn't some sleazoid, you know, he was a, he was a great master. He's a maestro. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's just the kind of stuff that, that, that flew back then. Yeah, this is and, and Brian uh, would revisit that with, uh, with Dress to Kill. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole a steamy shower scene oh, yeah. involving uh, Angie, Dickinson. Angie Dickinson and, uh, uh, and so forth. So he was definitely yeah. not adverse to doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know Just to Kill. He even had to make a few uh, edits because they were going to get an X rating because of that shower scene. Mm. Uh, and it's so violent, yeah. he gets cut too. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, Brian De Palma is a big influence on us. Just his fearlessness and just his way of just being provocative with that kind of imagery, uh, like body double too, uh, borders on that as there well. There you go. So yeah. yeah, we love that kind of stuff. And um, it is kind of weird because like. You know, we did the, the screening here in Modesto, and Modesto is a kind of conservative place, so they were definitely not used to murder size or the type of movies we make. So <laughs> I think it was a shock to some of the, the first. They said, people. "Honey, cover your eyes," and then they said, uh, "Can we get in a screening?" 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was so, exactly. yeah, that's why I was so back. surprised. I was like, whoa, exactly. okay, you want to show it again? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, actually, I, I, you know, uh, honey, I, you might want to go to the bathroom. Uh, yeah. Keep going. So, uh, is there is there consideration for a sequel? Uh, I've never considered it um, ever before. A few people have reached out to me and they said, "Yeah, I want to see a sequel with the surviving characters and see like where they go." And I was like, "Hmm." That was the first time I actually kind of thought about it. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I mean, we've never done a sequel before, so uh, I know a film that gets two screenings. A film that gets two screenings. Maybe kind of maybe fate's telling you something. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll never say never. Um, I, I might, I might have to think about that. I might have to think about that a little bit and start looking at some of my favorite sequels out there, like Ghoulies Two or something, and see what they did <laughs> or Critters Two. Or something. <laughs> uh, Paul, before we wrap, uh, one open floor. Where can we, uh, our listeners, uh, follow you? Uh, you can follow us uh, on Instagram, A underscore P underscore films. Uh, also on Facebook, Paul Ragsdale. Um, AMP Productions is our uh, film page on Facebook. So, you know, send me a DM if you want to talk about movies or whatever. You know, you can bother me any time of the day. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I just, I want to get our podcast down to you uh, to talk to you guys. And uh, even if it is just to, you know, just to sit with you guys and do, yeah. uh, you know, at a screening or something like that. Yeah, we'd love great. to do it in person. Yes, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun. Even get Anthony to go down to Modesto from Red Bluff. <laughs> Whoa! No guarantee. Just, say, it's a just drive. say no, Anthony. We'll, we'll just see. say no, man. <laughs> but uh, that will be October uh, Thursday, October twelfth. Yes, at the Modesto State Theater, a rescreening of Murder Size. Um, are you planning uh, like a Q and A with the audience? You know, we did a Q&A with the premiere. I don't know if they're going to do a Q&A this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to reach out to the theater and, and see if they want to do that. Um, otherwise, I know it's just, you know, they want to show a lot of horror movies during the month of October. And they want to do like this slasher, slasher night kind of a thing. So, oh, really? yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, see, so, I, I was thinking of that with us uh, there on the 26th. You talked about mm-hmm. three films. And uh, I, I'm just I'm guessing that you were going to be there, uh, yes. Paul, as well. Yes. We can we can do something with uh, with with y'all on the 26th and see what's. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Definitely be down for that. And uh, if you want to, you know, watch our other two films uh, before you come down, uh, Streets of Vengeance and Slash Art Party, they're both available on uh, Tubi. Uh, Tubi nice. is the place to be for right hey, now. Tubi. We hear yes. that name a lot here. Oh yeah, <laughs> Tubi is awesome. We, we are, are in their Rolodex. They are our friends, and they send us guests and uh, and that everything like that. We are so just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul, but, uh, congratulations on the success of Murder Size in your previous films. Uh, Angelica, it was a pleasure talking with you, and I am sure you. we are going to sync up locally because uh, this is some good stuff, and we want to be a part of it. Oh man, looking forward to it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank and you so much so for having welcome. us. You're so welcome. Thank you guys. All right, Al, you want to take us out? As always, kids, watch horror films, keep America strong. Have a great night, everyone. <laughs>